Don't get caught arguing balls and strikes because if you do, you are out of here. You are in the strike zone and we've got your sweet spot. I am Matt Stryker along with Mike the Rotocop. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Matt underscore Stryker underscore. Read me on Razball.com. Hear me on Rotowire.com. Hear me right here at Strike Zone Pod. Follow me on Instagram, Real Matt Stryker. And the man to my right has a lot to say. Uh, I didn't know you had a, a new Instagram. I wish you kept me up on your uh, news there. No, I don't want you in my life. Uh, a friend of mine named Ryan Goldstein manages a media company called A.P. Keaton, which is a play on the old Family Ties show, Alex B. Keaton. He advised me that I need an Instagram. He also advised me that I should not add you because you can be found where? So I've been telling you you need an Instagram for a couple months now, and now you make an Instagram when this Alex guy tells you. You can find me at Mike the Rotocop on Twitter, uh, at MetsmerizedOnline.com, at PitcherList.com, and you could see me pod- or hear me podcasting here at Strike Zone Pod and Fantasy Benefits. All right, a lot going on, and uh, Mike, you'll excuse me if I'm a little bit excited. I've been online all morning looking for a plane ticket to YYZ, otherwise known as YYZ, the airport code in Toronto, because tomorrow Vladimir Guerrero Jr. plays baseball in the major leagues. You sound excited. This is, uh, this is the end game, if you will, if you want to stay with the theme of uh, the Marvel movie coming out this week. Or this week. Are, you a, are you a Marvel guy, Matt? Yeah, growing up, I was a Marvel and DC guy. I read a lot of West Coast Avengers, I read a lot of X-Men. Uh, growing up, I was listening to Rush, playing hockey, and reading comic books. So it all comes back to Toronto. Getty Lee, Alex Lifeson, Neil Peart. They recorded songs like Lakeside Park and Bastille Day. Now they should record a song called Vladdy's Coming in 7-4 time. That's a drum reference. Vladdy's Coming. That, that's my song. No, that's a great song. Will you be seeing Endgame in theaters? Uh, this weekend, I believe I'm on the road in St. Louis. Then I head to Vegas. I don't think my girlfriend is going to want to see Endgame. So whatever she wants to watch on Netflix, we watch. We're watching OA now, which is pretty cool. But as long as she sits next to me and doesn't yell at me, I'm happy. Let's talk baseball. (laughs) So Vlad, uh, I mean, there's not much left to be said about Vlad at this point. And uh, I know you wrote down, I don't know if you wrote it down, you remember off the top of your head, the pitchers that he's facing in the opening series. I think it was Mike Fires, Chris Bissett, and who was the third one? First of all, Chris Bassett, any relation to Jacqueline Bassett? I think it's Chris Bassett. Bassett, Bassett. You're going to come at me for mispronouncing a name. That's funny. I'll remember that. I will remember that. (laughs) Number two, I don't write down anything. As you know, I am a savant. I use baseball savant. Yeah, uh, Vlad will have a weekend series against the Oakland A's, which is a nice way to get his feet wet. Uh, The Probables, as of this recording on, on Thursday afternoon, are Mike Fires, Brett Anderson, and Chris Bassett, Chris Bassett. Um, I, I think it's interesting that uh, he gets fires who brings a below average fastball. I think league average is like 93. Bassett's top, I'm sorry, fires is tops out at 90. He's got a curveball, a sinker, a change, and a cutter. But the next two pitchers intrigue me. Brett Anderson, I don't think he's very good at baseball. Uh, I doubt he'll ever come on the show. I'll have to apologize. But he has a below average fastball. That might be him mowing the lawn outside of our studio right now. He's got a below average fastball. He's a sinker ball pitcher. Slider change and this like knuckle curve. Bassett also a sinker ball pitcher, slider, four seamer, which is above average. So Vlad gets to to look at a lot of these pitchers. So I looked at Vlad's pitch outcome, meaning what he tends to do against certain types of pitches. He puts the sinker ball in play 30% of the time. 
Um, only the changeup gets hit more often by Vlad. He's very aggressive. He swings away. He swings 63% of the time at these pitches. So I think we're going to see an aggressive, fun Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah, and he should be right uh, dead center in that Blue Jays lineup. Hitting third, or they project him to hit third with Smoke four, Grichik five, Rowdy Telez six, Teoscar Hernandez seven. So that's a lot of power there for the Blue Jays, three to seven. I know Freddie Galvis has some injury uh, issues going on, but he might be able to set the table for Vlad. He's having a pretty good year so far. And it's just awesome to see a, a Vladimir Guerrero name in baseball again. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. And I think the question for everyone is going to be if Vladdy can uh, – ascend to the legend. I mean, the reputation precedes him. We're going to start uh, asking if Vladi is for real. And that leads me into our next segment here, which is a segment called, is he for real? For all my old school NBA jam fans. Uh, what Michael and I have decided to do here is take a look at a handful of players that are playing well over their heads and ask the question, is he for real? To help you with your fantasy teams, if you should go out and pick this, these guys up. Should you drop these guys? Should you trade for these guys? Maybe sell high. So uh, I'll take one, you take one, I'll take one, you take one, and maybe we'll we'll tag team the second guy. That didn't sound right. But I'm going to start with, uh, <laughs> with Christian Walker. Uh, he's a guy that I own in, I think, five of the seven leagues I'm in. Uh, I want to just – I want to explain what a stat means because, again, when I first came around, I was afraid to ask what certain stats meant. And I don't want anyone to ever be afraid. That's just me. I'm a nice guy. So I want to look at Walker's slash line. What this means is it's his batting average, his on-base percentage, and his slugging. Now, slugging is total bases divided by at-bats. So now that we understand that, let's look at Walker's slash line. Over 99 plate appearances between 2014 and 2018, most of them coming last year in 2018, Walker slashed 170. 263, 420. He had a 40% strikeout rate. Not very good. Through 80 plate appearances this year, his slash is now 347, 413, 722. He's hit seven home runs, and he's cut down on his strikeouts. So that tells me that he's, he's overachieving. But he has a 99th percentile in the hard hit rate. You don't need to explain what hard hit rate is. It's the rate that he hits the ball hard. His hard hit rate is 61.2. His average exit velocity, which is the velocity of the ball jumps off the bat, is 95.9 miles per hour. That's a good seven miles per hour faster than the league average. So he's been crushing the ball, and it hasn't been by luck. But there are reasons to be skeptical. Walker's 66% contact rate ranks 16th lowest in the majors. So even though he's cut down on strikeouts, from what I've been seeing and watching baseball versus looking at box scores means a lot, he's still striking out more than the average hitter. Now, he is more patient than he's been in the past. I'll give him that. His swing rate, which is the rate that he swings, has dropped 10 percentage points in a year. And nearly all of that came from his chase rate, chasing balls. In 2018, he chased 35% of pitches outside the zone. He's brought that down to 28% in 2019. So here it is. He's still prone to chasing sliders outside of the zone. I mean, I watch this guy pretty much every night. He's been far more selective, though, this year. He clearly hits the ball hard. I don't think anyone's questioning his ability to, to crush the ball so as long as he makes contact. But I think we're going to see pitchers start to throw him more change-ups, and he hasn't hit those well. So if his approach to fastballs is real, 
and he can try to figure out the changeup, then I think that helps him continue his success. My only caveat is once Jake Lamb comes back, the guy that Christian Walker replaced, does Walker get as much playing time? That's my long answer. I do think Christian Walker is for real, but I think you just need to watch Lamb and watch how Walker adjusts to change-ups. Jeez, take a breath, Matt. Take a breath. Uh, you know, you've gotten a lot smarter since you started hanging around me. I really, I really believe that. But all joking aside, Christian Walker is a guy who has been quite the revelation this year. He is hitting, like we said, 333, seven homers, 14 RBIs. He's even stole three bases. And in my Yahoo Pro League, He's a guy that I, I drafted Eric Hosmer and Tyler White to kind of platoon at first base, and Walker stepped in very nicely. I picked him and uh, Jose Martinez up. Nice. Both guys, as hot as they are right now, might, uh, might see their playing time decrease and might see their numbers kind of decrease a little bit. Walker does have an RBI double as of today's recording uh, off of Jamison Tyone. So he, to see him keep it up would be great for my uh, fantasy pro team. But the way you described it, maybe look at another option if he starts to cool down. So one of the guys I got was uh, – I was assigned, actually, was Dwight Smith Jr. because you uh, like to give me the Orioles in this uh, segment, the great Baltimore Orioles. But Dwight, Dwight Smith Jr. is interesting, though. Um, there were talks of him going on the DL, so I didn't add him over the weekend in NFBC. And, of course, he ended up hitting a home run on Tuesday. So that kind of hurt. He's 286, five homers, 18 RBIs, three stolen bases on the season so far. And the narrative coming into the season was that somebody's going to have to hit in Baltimore. They're so bad, somebody's going to have to hit. Everybody thought it'd be Trey Mancini. Turns out, not only is Trey Mancini hitting, Dwight Smith Jr. is hitting, and Renato Nunez, who we'll get to in a little bit, is hitting. So Smith's hitting from the left side. Against righties, he's locked in as number three hitter. His stack cast numbers don't really stand out as far as exit velocity and hard hit percentage go, and he isn't walking much. His BABIPs had a 296, which is about league average, which tells me that his average is going to be sustainable. So... And he doesn't strike out as much, which is, a, which is a plus for a guy like him. His chase rate, his swing and strike rate are right on par for league average. So you want to say, is he for real before I make my decision here? Is he for real? I'm not sure. Uh, I lean towards real because of his uh, power-speed combo. I mean, not many guys in the league are going to be able to go 15-15, and that I think is kind of a, a ceiling here for Dwight Smith Jr. Even if he goes 10-10 with a decent high, decently high average around that 286 that he has now, and add in the 60 RBIs or whatever it's going to be, maybe even more, then he'll be for real. But I think the speed puts him closer to the real mark than the, than the get rid of a mark. So I would hang on to him for the speed because there's not many guys that are going to do that. Another Baltimore Oriole that you assigned me, quote-unquote, was Reynaldo Nunez, who I just mentioned in the, in the previous, the previous uh, conversation with Dwight Smith Jr., that he is one of the guys in Baltimore hitting. So he's hitting 301 with six homers, 18 RBIs. He had nine career home runs coming into this year, and he already has six this year, which is pretty amazing. Unlike Smith, though, his StatCast numbers are completely off the charts, 90th percentile on exit velo, 86th percentile on hard hit percentage. His ex-Woba is in the 79th percentile. Problem is he has a 344 BABIP, which is obviously not sustainable. And I'm just afraid, even though he is locked in at cleanup playing, D, uh, playing DH every day for the Orioles, he's a pull hitter who chases. So I'm afraid he's just going to turn into another low-average, high-power guy and those are all over the league. You can pick up pretty much anybody to play first base or whatever it is, or utility that hits for low average and high power. So he's kind of a guy I'm staying away from at this moment. I mean, if I had him, I'll ride him until he's hot, until he gets cold and he turns into another 250 average hitter with decent power. But if I don't have him, I'm not really going out there and making a play for him. Yeah, my good buddy, R Truth from WWE, used to rap on his way to the ring, and one of his lyrics was, I'm going to ride it till the wheels fall off. 
So I guess in this case, that's what you do. And as far as the Orioles having low average, high power guys, I can't think of anyone on the Orioles that's low average, high power, Chris Davis. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it just seems to be a thing over there. Um, so you've taken two. I'm going to go one and then we'll share this next guy. So uh, we'll share. Doesn't that. sound right either. Doesn't sound right either. <laughs> um, ugh, you're terrible. Isn't it your anniversary? Don't, don't you have a fiancé to be with? Like, I do, and she's going to be very excited tonight when we watch uh, Trevor Bauer against Garrett Cole, so she'll be uh, into that one, hopefully. Yeah, and uh, I have a feeling I'm watching you right now. I want the fans to know. Mike is sitting in studio drinking a protein shake. This is the guy that honestly – I mean, what, what are you, 180 pounds? 185. All right, guy. God. Not a, not a, not everybody's two hundred twenty pounds and a professional WWE wrestler. I haven't been two twenty in years. I think I'm walking around at two twelve. Haven't been in the gym in a minute. But oh, those protein things are just. Blah. All right, back to me. Um, so you broke guy, the mold. You broke the mold. You're drinking mold. The next guy I want to talk about is uh, Dan Vogelbach uh, on Seattle, a team that is playing incredibly well, and Vogelbach is reaping the benefits of it. Uh, we talked slash line, so let's look at it. Vogelback is slashing 356, 483, 844. Uh, he has an OPS of 1.327. Now, OPS is on-base slugging. Essentially, it's a sabermetric static that statistic that – how do I explain it? it? It calculates the sum of a player's on-base percentage and slugging average. Layman's terms, the ability of a guy to both get on base and to hit for power. So – uh, Vogelback's leading the American League amongst players in, in these categories. His on-base percentage, it's bolstered by the 11 walks that he has, but he does have 16 hits. Six of those are home runs, and for that, he's third in the American League. Here's why I think Vogelback is for real. Those numbers are all in line with what he has done at most of his stops in the minors, which I think is encouraging. Uh, three seasons with, uh, I want to say, Iowa and Tacoma, AAA affiliates for um, his teams. He slashed at 291, 411, and 496, and he consistently flashed power. He had 60 home runs in 342 games. Now, that, that minor league slash line is a little bit below what he's doing right now, but it, it's kind of close, uh, save for the average. He can't maintain that slash line. I mean, it's going to come down a bit, but here's the thing about Vogelbach. He has the patience to work deep into counts, and he has power. So I think that's the skill set to be real. And the only other thing I want to point out is that Jerry DePoto traded for this guy for a reason. So I think the fact that the Mariners are playing well, Vogelback is consistent with what he's done in the minors. Granted, the Mariners might come back down to earth, and you're going to want to watch that. But I think if you have Vogelback, uh, you keep him because I do believe that he is for real. Yeah, Vogelback's a guy I've uh, been wanting Seattle to call up for a while now and get actually – decent amount of playing time and now that he has it he's really uh excelling there so he's a good guy to good guy to grab if you haven't grabbed him already and the last guy we're going to talk about is Hunter Dozier and I, I really love what Hunter Dozier has done this year in Kansas City he's hitting 324 seven homers 12 RBIs he's he's a stack cast hero unfortunately he's dealing with a lower back issue at the moment but his uh ex-Woba is in the 95th percentile exit velo is in the 95th percentile X slugging is in the 97th percentile. His WRC plus right now is at a 186. So he's a guy that you would think a guy of his stature, his size would really be out there chasing, trying to hit homers, but it's not like that at all. His, his walk percentage is at 15.1. 
His O swing is currently 23.8%, which is way lower than the league average at 29.5. His swing and strike rate is only 8.4%. So I think Dozier's for real. And if I could get a chance to go grab him for on the cheap before it's midseason and he's playing himself in an all-star game, I definitely would consider it. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, Matt. Well, my thing is, and this, if you want cheap production from guys on teams like the Orioles and the Royals, and you have guys in your league like me who won't touch those teams, go grab that low-hanging fruit. It doesn't matter what team they're on. They're, they're productive. Uh, some Dozier numbers that, that I think are, are relevant or relative or a word like that. Uh, <laughs> last year, he only had 102 at-bats, and he had a slash of 229 gross, 278 gross, 395. Uh, the OPS was 673. That's not sexy. I don't want to go out with that on a date and take it to a movie. This year in 21 at-bats, though, he's hitting 324. It's a little sexy. Put on a little makeup. 430, 676. His OPS is 1.106. He's showing a little cleavage, and I'm interested. <laughs> in AAA, in 544 plate appearances, this Hunter Dozier had a slash of 296, 366, 533, and an OPS of 899. Now, that's more like it. Uh, his exit velocity, like you said, through the roof. Hard hit rate, through the roof. That lends itself to great expectations. All of his metrics are up. And here's the thing, launch angle. We hear this all the time. Basically, guys are adjusting their swing so that when they hit the ball, instead of it being a line drive or a ground ball, it is now a line drive in the air. It has loft to it. And that can leave the park or it can find a gap for extra base hits. And I think that that's really where Dozier is, is making his difference. If he can keep this up, He's obviously real. I think he'll come down a little bit, but I agree with you. Hunter Dozier is definitely a nice player, and if I saw him on Tinder, I would swipe right and say Netflix and chill. Mike, in the time that I have uh, gotten to know you and pretended to be your friend, uh, you are one of the most knowledgeable stat guys that I know. And um, something that I like to do is I like to explain a lot of the metrics to people that, so they don't have to you know, not know. And as we move on, I really think that a lot of our listeners would benefit from hearing you explain, and you don't have to do it now, what things like WRC plus is. What, what does XFIP mean? What is WOBA? Because the more you understand these metrics as a fantasy baseball, just a baseball enthusiast, the more, the better you can understand and appreciate the game. The average Joe out there doesn't know the difference between BABIP and batting average. So I, I think that it's a, it's a nice thing for you to look into. And I've said average Joe. So what does that mean? That means we're going to get to the average Joes, doesn't it? It does. So for those that don't know, Joe is our producer. And Mike, I want you to know <laughs> Joe's mad. Joe's behind the glass. I pulled his XLR cable out so he can't speak to us. He's sitting behind the glass waving his fist like an angry old man with kids on his lawn. Yes, he deserves it. He deserves it. Yeah. And the reason I did this, so, so the fans that don't know, uh, we gave Joe 100 US dollars and we did a buy-in in a league. And Joe knows nothing about baseball. Joe is a very educated man in other fields. Baseball is not his forte. He joined the league. He's been listening to our show because he's been our sound guy. He drafted. And then we, you and I, uh, adjust and tinker with his team, drop an ad. And uh, where is Joe right now in his third or fourth week on his team? Joe is currently sitting in ninth place after losing eight to two last week. And it was by no means because of us. It was more because of him not checking his lineup every day and playing oh, guys that, that weren't really uh, in the lineup. So that kind of hurt him. 
and uh, a couple of pitching decisions hurt him as well. Joe, I don't know how many times we got to tell you, you really got to get a grasp of this and just check once a day, every single morning. Hang on. No, no, you cannot plug back. You are in the cone of silence. Bad Joe. Listen, from now on, Mike, uh, before you head out to protect the, the, the city, I want you to text Joe every morning at like 5.45 in the morning and remind him. Guys, listen, anyone listening out there, you can pick up the greatest players in the world. You can go trade for, for Mike Trout, whatever. If you don't play these guys or you sit a starting pitcher, I don't know, you, you, a guy's going against Miami and he's got a lot of strikeouts, and you sit him, then I'm sorry, I don't have any sympathy for you. The same way if, I don't know, I'm just making it up, Marco Estrada's pitching in, in Colorado and you don't sit him, you, you, you have a problem. So, Joe, man, I'm a little disappointed. He's making a boo-boo face. I'm a little disappointed in you that after all the work that Michael and I have put in, you, you, you're not paying attention to your team. Mike, how's he doing this week? Thing, things are looking up for Joe. He's uh, winning 7-1. to one. He's actually dominating his opponent this week. He hasn't given up an earned run yet. Chris Paddock went for him yesterday. And the team, the team is good. We really put together a good team here. Christian Walker just did another double as we're recording, two for two with two doubles today. He, his hitting's very good. Wilson Contreras, Christian Walker, uh, Tim Anderson's having a great year. Hoskins, Judge is hurt. Josh Bell's having a good year so far. Uh, Victor Robles is having a good year. Jeff McNeil's been great. Rizzo's obviously a slow starter, always has a bad April. David Dahl just came back from the injured list. So his hitting's great. He's pitching. He lost DeGrom to the DL, but he's coming back this week. Uh, Chris Paddock had a great start last night. Tyler Glass now is great. Jose Barrios is great. Tuki Toussaint we're going to have to get rid of because he got sent down to the minors. And you, Darvish, I'm, I'm kind of interested in getting rid of too. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, you know, here's the thing, and it's difficult. Normally, I would say you suggest a trade ahead of dropping a U Darvish, but because we're not monitoring Joe's team, you know, he could get a counteroffer and accept it and not consult with us. So, I mean, if you're down to drop Darvish, I mean, alliteration aside, I'll, I'll do it, but it wouldn't be something I'd be so comfortable doing. But then again, I guess I have to realize it's 2019 and not 2016. Yeah, and his, uh, his relief pitching is currently just Anthony Swarzak and Blake Parker, so I think we should definitely look at the relief pitchers and pick one up. Ronis Elias leads the free agency market with four saves, Sergio Romo three. He's well, got paid. Uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, Cody Allen was just demoted. Is Ty Buttry available or, or Hansel Robles? Ty Buttry, who went two and two-thirds yesterday. Let me see if he's available. Yes, he's available. Uh, Pedro Strope's available. Um, I so think that's about it. Taylor Rogers is available. You want to go reliever starting pitcher. And here's the thing again, um, for those that just box score watch versus watch a game, uh, don't be soured on Ty Buttry. He, uh, the, the, the stat says that he blew a save and took a loss. He came in with the bases loaded and the hit he gave up was a flare into like the short outfield. So I think Buttry's the guy that's in line for saves out there, even though Hansel Robles is cool because his first name is Hansel. But uh, if Buttry or Strope are available, I wouldn't mind uh, grabbing one of those guys to shore up uh, Joe's bullpen. Yeah, I think uh, Strope would be the play here just because he, okay. uh, he's solidified as the closer, and we'll see what Buttry does. Maybe Robles comes in for the next one and just keeps the job. So. I think Strope would be the good idea there. And as far as starting pitching goes, there's really not much here. Um, you got Frankie Montas, who I know you're a big fan of. Um, 
Really not much at all. We're not going to – Matt Moore's on the DL. Julio Arias, Luke Weaver, uh, CeCe Sabathia, no. Vince Velasquez is here. Vince Velasquez who – Don't mind that. What's his next start? He's at home against Detroit. On the season, he has 22 innings, 22.2 innings pitch, 22 strikeouts, and a 1.99 ERA. Yeah. All right. What do you want to do? You want to do Toussaint for Vasquez, and then you want to do Darvish for Stroke? Toussaint for Velasquez. If you're going to get on me for pronouncing names, I'm going to have to get on you for pronouncing names. And, uh, yeah, Darvish for Stroke. Uh, That sounds good. We'll give Joe the third closer. I'm surprised uh, Pedro Strope's not on, but looks good to me. Well, it sounds like uh, Joe is in a league with people that, you know, it's a good thing for us that don't really pay attention. I wanted to actually, you, you reminded me, in one of the leagues I'm in, I won't say who did this because it'll start a fist fight. This was a trade that was made. I told the league that if this trade doesn't get vetoed, they're stupid. But I want to know your thoughts on – and this is a guy that definitely does not watch. He just goes by name. Uh, I mean, he, uh, he's bleh. The trade was Chris Bryant, who I think is broken, uh, Dansby Swanson, who's playing well, and Crush Davis going the other way coming, Carlos Santana and Cookie Carrasco. Would you have done this trade? Absolutely not. I think that's a uh, blasphemy. Thank you. If the word fits there, blasphemy. Well, I mean, it kind of sort of does, but not really. I mean, you're going to hell anyway, so it's a different. I'm glad that my instincts were correct because I think it's an awful trade. It got approved in my league. And uh, actually, the guy that got the, the short end of the stick is my mortal enemy, so I don't really care. But my concern is that the guy that got uh, Davis is a guy that every year in the last three years I'm fighting for first place. So I know come August, September, this guy is going to be right there with me so we'll see all right so for joe we have added strope and velasquez and joe is winning his matchup this week he's in ninth place hopefully we can uh we can bring him up a little bit um another thing going on today we don't want to talk about baseball the nfl draft is today are you a football guy i am a football guy and we spoke off the air earlier about uh kyler murray going number one overall and I think even if they don't get rid of Josh Rosen, they should still take Murray number one overall. I know people are saying it's not going to work having the two young quarterbacks, but I think he's so much better than Josh Rosen at this point. And another guy, um, I mean, another team I'm interested in seeing is what the Giants do at quarterback, see if they finally can uh, get the guy to supplant Eli, which they should have done about five years ago. So better late than never, I guess, for the Giants. Well, I, uh, as far as the Giants go, well, as far as Kyler goes, uh, I think that his mobility – is what's attractive. And I just think the game is changing, really. Uh, actually, you had said that to me earlier today, that, that Murray's mobility, his feet, are what uh, you find sexy because you have a weird foot fetish for quarterback. Um, what happened to this show? As far as the Giants go, I, I definitely think they need a pass rusher and a quarterback. So I think that'll be some form of maybe Allen and on the quarterback side, maybe Locke or Jones. But uh, we do record here in New York. And uh, so I loathe the Jets. I want them to fail. Uh, any Jet fan, I will fight on sight. I don't care who they are. Uh, the Jets, I think, while they, they need a pass rusher, I think they're going to shock people and take a defensive tackle. I think they'll take Williams or Oliver, or they'll trade down. And to me, that's the, the best part of NFL draft is when teams trade down. I'm wearing my Washington Redskins T-shirt today. That's my team. 
I definitely think they're going to take a quarterback. Uh, but uh, what are your what are your thoughts? Who's your team, by the way? You probably have some weird team, the Denver Broncos. No, I'm a Jet fan, one of those Jet fans that you want to fight. <laughs> you just want a whole spiel about wanting to fight Jet fans, and I'm a Jet fan. Are you really a Jet fan? Are you an Islander fan too? No, I'm a Ranger fan. Oh, okay, good. We could be friends then. Yeah. Uh, the reason I, I the reason I hate the Jets is uh, growing up, my friend Ian was the biggest Jet fan, and they always lost, and I always would watch him get depressed. And I was just like, an organization that's going to make people this sad and let people down, I don't like. So I guess it's kind of sweet that my vitriol for the Jets is because they always let their fans down. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope the Jets just crumble. I hope Darno breaks both of his legs. I'm not the biggest Darno guy. And uh, as far as the Jets pick, I wouldn't mind them trading down. But uh, I wouldn't mind Ed Oliver either. He's a, He was a man amongst boys in college and – He's, he should definitely project well at the at the NFL level. Yeah, I mean, the, the Jets have made some moves, so they're going to look to bolster the team. And, uh, I mean, the team to beat there is New England, but every year that goes by, seemingly, everyone says that the, the Pats are not the team to beat, but I beg to differ. Uh, what else is going on in the sports world? Are you a hockey guy? I am a hockey guy. I have not been uh, really paying too close attention to the playoffs. Hockey has kind of uh, been dwindling down for me over the years, but I will watch the Stanley Cup Finals. I've really been into the NBA playoffs. Uh, Dame Lillard, hit, Lillard hitting that shot against the Thunder the other night was great. The Clippers taking a, sending it to game yeah. six last night was insane. I, I fell asleep in the fourth quarter. I woke up to see that they won. I was shocked. Uh, Lou Williams went off. and they, they put together a pretty good team. Now they're going back, to, back home for game six, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I guess anything could happen, right? Yeah, I mean, that's why we play the game. I like that after Lillard hit the shot. I don't know if you saw, he waved bye-bye. Yeah, no, that was great. Uh, the Thunder have been giving it to him all series, and he hasn't said a word. He's kept his mouth shut, and he just showed up and played and sent them packing. So I'm a big Dame Lillard fan, so that was nice to see. I think he's the, the third best point guard in, uh, in the NBA right now behind James Harden and Steph Curry. Listen, before we uh, wrap things up, I'd be remiss to not mention Cole against Bauer tonight. I know I uh, mentioned it before, but these guys are high school uh, – college teammates, excuse me, college teammates. And they did a whole uh, Sports Illustrated article on Trevor Bauer not too long ago. I think it came out like a month, a little over a month ago. And one of the parts in it was uh, one of the excerpts from the article was uh, exchanged between Bauer and Garrett Cole. I'm going to read it for you real quick. Basically, uh, Cole reamed them out in front of the whole team in the weight room for not following the same program as everybody else. While they lifted heavy weights, he did his own mobility exercises and wiggled his shoulder tube, the shoulder tube that he's obviously made famous at this point. And Bauer goes on to say, he told me in front of everybody that I had no future in baseball, that I didn't work hard, and that I'm a blank, blank. Bauer says, I was like, F you, Garrett. So it even goes on further than that, talking about um, when they both got drafted, Cole was the number one pick in 2011, Bauer was the number three pick. And they chatted for 20 minutes about uh, until last, they didn't speak that night. And until last year, they haven't spoken until they chatted about 20 minutes at a UCLA alumni dinner. So it seems like uh, there's a lot of bad blood between the two. I'm sure uh, Trevor Bauer doesn't need any added motivation, but I think tonight uh, Derek Cole is going to give it to him. Yeah, even more reason to watch uh, that game. And uh, Cole's numbers don't really scream that he's having a great year. I think his ERA is over five. But um, I just – my thing is this. I, I almost wish that that game was being played in an NL park so I could see Bauer throw at Cole. See, this is the thing that I really like. And, and in, in the world of pro wrestling, if a veteran 
undresses a rookie, then the rookie kind of has to take it. But in this case, Cole didn't have any veteran or veteran status over Bauer. And it, it speaks to what Bauer does. And it's the reason why I like him. While everyone's doing one thing, Bauer goes and does another. Uh, a story I always tell, and I'll put it in my book, uh, you know, people are sheep. And uh, Chris Benoit, rest his soul, he always used to drink this green tea, pour it into this powder into his water and drink his green tea. And I noticed all the other young wrestlers would start drinking green tea. Hey, Chris, I love the green tea. Green tea is so good, isn't it? And then Chris stopped drinking green tea. Everyone stopped drinking green tea. <laughs> Another example, Eddie Guerrero, rest his soul. Um, he always brought his, his travel, his daily Bible with him. Now, I've, I've been in scripture since I'm a kid, but... I don't let everyone know. I mean, it, it says go into your room and pray silently. But Eddie would have his Bible reading in the locker room, and you would see each week all of these wrestlers would bring out their Bible and read it in the locker room. Hey, look at me, Eddie. I'm reading the Bible. It's just it's so silly when everyone follows a trend. So I admire Bauer for doing his own thing, and uh, I'm very, very excited to, to watch this game. I, I think the Astros win just because they're a better team. But Bauer's my boy, and I, I want to see him uh, pitch well. I know, I know it's early in the year, but tonight will uh, go a long way in Trevor Bauer's Cy Young chances because if he could conquer the Houston Astros lineup, he could have the confidence to conquer any lineup. Two questions before we uh, sign off here, two fan-submitted questions. What do you uh, want from my life? They're not from me. They're from the public. Oh, oh public. I love you, public. So uh, at Zach underscore shower 13 says, my crush Davis for Cole. I'm on Cole to pair with Bauer now. So I guess he saw the uh, the tweet I sent out about the excerpt from Sports Illustrated. So he's considering trading Chris Davis for Garrett Cole. What do you think? Um, I want to know who else is on your team. If you have anyone else that can give you home run capability. But uh, I mean, yeah, man, if you can pair Cole and Bauer, uh, go right ahead. But it, it again, it goes back to that trade that happened in my league. Uh, unless you have someone to pick up that home run slack, Someone that you know is going to hit 247. Um, I would just, you know, kind of look at that to see if you want to give up Davis. But, I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested in that trade if it's a daily league uh, for season-long rotisserie. You drafted Chris Davis for a reason, and he's producing the exact way you want him to produce. So I don't know if I would give him up uh, at this point for Cole. But like you said, we this is in a vacuum. We'd have to see the whole uh, the whole roster construction. And uh, the other question, it seems like it's not here anymore to me. The tweet is unavailable. I, I should have screenshotted it. It was from uh, Jason Schwab at Schwabi, and I didn't put it in the notes. Did I? You don't remember what it was, do you? He was uh, – it was a picture. Oh, was it Polanco for – Jorge Polanco for somebody. He wanted, to, he wanted to get Polanco, no? Right. He needed a shortstop. He wanted to get Polanco, and he was trading away – a pretty good pitcher. And I think you and I had discussed in the notes that uh, you can always stream a pitcher, you know, uh, Max I Freed. It was Max Freed okay, good, for good, Jorge good. Polanco. Max Freed for Polanco. Well, with everything that's going on in Atlanta, sending guys up, sending guys down, Freed is pitching well. Uh, I'd want to know the rest of Schwabi's pitching staff. If, if it's a pitching staff of, you know, Jake Junis and Jordan Zimmerman, then by all means, hold on to Max Freed. No offense to those guys. But uh, if he's got some other uh, good arms, then yeah. And, and if you – here's the thing. Guys say, oh, I need a insert position here. No, you don't. You need stats. Yeah. And you can create the stats that a Polanco would give you or whomever, Paul DeYoung, 
by, by just being savvy and working the waiver wire. Same thing with a pitcher. I love streaming pitchers and, and I like matchups. And if I have, I don't know, Caleb Smith on a stream somewhere, that's a bad example, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I do do that deal, but I'd have to see the rest of the lineup and the stats. This is, this is in a vacuum. What do you yeah. I, uh, I think I would do it if I was getting Polanco. Polanco's having a great year. He's in 366, five homers, 10 RBIs. If somebody offered you this trade two weeks ago, you, you would have said, yeah, no question. Freed has looked really good, and I know he's got uh, some hype from Freddie Freeman and a couple other guys on the Braves. I think he's, he's legit and say he's legit, so I'll take their word for it. But um, I think you can find another Max Freed on the, on the free agent market eventually down the line. I don't think you'll be able to find another shortstop that at this price will be as good as Polanco. So I think I would go with the Polanco side there. All right. I also want to uh, remind our listeners, beg and plead. Uh, I am on Paul Bruno and AJ Scholl's Rotowire NHL Playoff Round 2 podcast. That, that dropped today. That's out there right now. Feel free to search that out. Uh, I am not only talking baseball and football. I'm also talking hockey. When Mike really annoys me, I'll talk wrestling. But, uh, I just think this is the best time for sports. And uh, if we can talk about it and earn a living doing it, I'm all for it. Yeah, I totally agree. This is this is great. What we got going on here is great. Hopefully, we could uh, produce it on a different platform in the in the near future. Hint, hint. So you guys can follow me at Mike the Rotocop. See my work at MetsmerizedOnline.com, PitcherList.com, and I also podcast for Fantasy Benefits. And make sure you follow Strike Zone Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. Yep, and uh, you guys all know where you can find me. I won't beat you over the head with it, but uh, at Matt underscore Striker underscore on Twitter, Real Matt Striker on Instagram, Razzball, Rotowire, all of that good stuff. Joe, we're going to let you out of the booth. Promise me, you promise me you will look after your team. And you out there, listeners, make yourself a promise that every morning when you wake up, the first thing you do is you set your lineups, and then before the game start, you check the weather, and you also check – Who's sitting? And maybe you can, you know, swap out a bench guy for something because it stinks when you look at your team and you left 10, 12 points on the bench. That, that's, a, that's a big pet peeve of mine outside of listening to Mike's voice. Mike, you got any last words? No, I'm all, uh, I'm all out here. Matt Stryker, real Matt Stryker on Instagram with two posts up so far. His dogs. Aren't they, they cute? Aren't they cute? His dogs <laughs> and a picture of the NFL draft background. Vlad Jr. and this is very clever of you, Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole. Nice. See that? All right, folks. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Strike Zone Pod. Good luck. Be safe. Have fun. We'll see you out.